This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to another Sky Blues Extra podcast sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. My name is David Moore and I'm joined this evening by Tom. Good evening, mate. And Dean. How's it going? Very well, thank you. It's been an extremely busy week for the Sky Blues. They went on the road to Gillingham in the Carabao Cup. They failed to defeat on penalties, but a good performance and followed up on Friday night, a thriller in front of the Sky Cameras, where they picked up their first three points in the championship season. It's been a busy week also for the chaps, where Tom took an absolute dog's abuse on Twitter. <laughs> Myself missed Gillingham game, but are going to try and talk about that in a podcast. And Dean continuing to believe that Hamer is called Amer. So It's never going to end, is it? It's never going to end, but... <laughs> Yeah, evening chats. Uh, a busy week. Yeah, busy week, mate. Um, obviously, Carabao Cup on Tuesday probably weren't that bothered about it. Um, but obviously, putting a decent performance, put out a, a different team. Um, but yeah, I guess a little bit disappointing, really, to to kind of give away a, a sloppy penalty at the end, really, and throw throw it away. Um, but I think really this week the highlight was was Friday night um, on Sky. Yeah, buzzing about that result, really. So, yeah, it's been a good week. And then, obviously, McCallum today, which was a bit of surprising news as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, it seems like the club are holding on to these sort of signings so that they can drop them at the, the most sort of right time where there's no other people sort of, you know, spreading rumours or, or whatnot. But what did you make of the McCallum signing, Dean? Um, the word I would describe this signing is odd. Mm. I just I I don't get it. I think we're we're light in other areas other than left back, and now we have Giles who's been outstanding in both both uh, league matches, and then we have McCallum now who basically him and Giles are the same player. They're both very attacking, and 
they don't really have too much in the way of defensive capabilities. I just find it odd. Uh, unless Robbins is thinking of playing one of them higher up the pitch, but yeah. I, I, I can't see that happening. Um, I think we're short in other areas that needed to be filled before this signing, and I just I just find it strange. And poor old Brandon Mason, what was he be thinking, you know? Yeah, well, you'd, you'd think he'll go out now, won't you, based on that? He has to, but then we're, we are very short then of, of defensive left-backs, yeah. because he, yeah. he's, he's an out-and-out defender. So we come against a team with a really, really pacey right winger, uh, for instance, in, in Brentford, and we're going to need some defensive capabilities there. And, lose, yeah. and, and if we haven't got Mason, then we're, we're short. Um, I, mm. I just find it odd. Yeah, it's, and it's a weird one from Norwich's point of view as well, I thought, because to spend, like, what was it, close to three million, they reckon, on a player, yeah. and then send him back for a whole season. Like, I think we've got a cracking deal out of that, really. From our side, I mean, I to be honest, I thought we were a little bit light in that area. I think it, it is an area that we, you know, if if um, Giles was to be injured, or then yes, we'd have Mason uh, to come in. But I'm not sure Mark Robbins really fancies him, and I mm. think the proof's probably <clears throat> in the pudding now that he, he he's never really yeah doesn't seem to fancy him. Um, and I know a lot of people on Twitter have been saying that Mason's done you know a, a really good job for me if I for me I, I just I'm not sure he fits into the style of play that Mark Robbins um, has installed and as you said yes if we come up with a pacey winger but I can't see Mark Robbins changing that sort of those wing backs and I don't think that Mason completely fits that mold I'm not sure he's um, you know exceptional at getting forward for me um, but again, moving on to what we'll talk about, I'm sure soon, uh, is the Gillingham game. Of course, he, he played um, well in there. How did you see it, Tom? For the Gillingham game, yeah. Um, as I said, it was a, a decent performance. Um, got the kind of stats here. So we had 66% possession. So really dominated the ball for a lot of the game, um, which is quite good to see. Players like Eccles in the middle was really sort of controlling the play. Um, 12 shots versus their six, but the, the, the thing there is that we really just didn't take our chances. We had two really good chances early on, which we'll talk about in a minute, but um, didn't put them away. <clears throat> two corners versus their one, uh, 18 fouls versus their 15, and three offsides versus their one. Um, so yeah, like decent um, possession, but yeah, as I said, didn't really take our chances, which was a little bit disappointing. Yeah, there was a couple of chances in the sort of, um, you know, open exchanges and whatnot. And everyone's been screaming for Backer to get his chance and, and show Mark Robbins what he can do. And he, you know, came into the fold and had a really good chance, didn't he, Tom? Yeah, it was a really, really good ball from Rose, actually. Um, really was, cracking ball, really cut the defence open. And Backer's for on goal. And, I mean, there's no real excuse, to be honest. I mean, it, it doesn't even... It goes a good foot wide, Mm. the post and you know you've just got to be scoring them you know a player like Backer who wants to be in the team and is pushing you know Gordon and Walker for a place in the team he's got to be burying them every time great um, movement though yeah I oh, know brilliant movement like re yeah really good ball through and everything but like I say you know he's on his he's on his strong foot and yeah he's just got to bury it there's no excuse for it really to be honest with you I mean yeah. the first 15 minutes he was all over their back four all mm. over them yeah, and and he is basically his first fifteen minutes minutes warranted a goal, and he did everything right except hit the target. He had yeah. no pressure on him either, which is for me, you know, a, a, 
a sin to to miss the target completely. Yeah. From that from that from that distance. And he could even talk around the keeper as well. He yeah, had, exactly. He had plenty of options. He did have a lot of time, didn't he, to make a decision. Yes. And um it happens with those ones sometimes. Like you almost have too much time to think about where you're going to place the ball and then you mess it up. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. And another player that's also trying to make an impact as well. Um, everyone's hot in the heels of Godden and, and that seems to be the space that everyone wants. And Backer had some chances like we just discussed. And Tyler Walker also, Dean. Yeah, this was probably more criminal, especially for a guy of, of Walker's stature. Um, again, Playing out from the back brilliantly. It was Thompson this time. Great through ball. Split the midfield completely into Bapaga. Bapaga, the same type of through ball through the defence. And Walker was even more in the clear than Bakayoko was. He had a good five, six yards of space. Um, yeah, and he should score. I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. Did everything right other than nestle it into the corner. Um, yeah, just disappointing to see a man of Walker's capability completely fluff that, really. Yeah. And, um, I mean, Will Papaga, uh, another good display, um, looks like someone with a lot of ability uh, and hopefully will possibly get his chance. Can you see Dean him getting a chance in the championship under Robbins? Without a doubt, his performance was, was electric for the 55, 60 minutes he was on before he went on, off injured. He was absolutely on fire, you know, head down. He wasn't scared. He wasn't in awe of the opportunity. He just, yeah. he just went for it. And he seems to have that as man, doesn't he? All the time, he just—he seems to be one step ahead of everybody else on the pitch. Yeah, it, that you can't teach that. That's just natural. Just I, I sort of feel like players. he's that playground footballer. Does that you know you hear about it? And I think I've already mentioned, and I'll probably keep saying it all season. But Wayne Rooney, when he came on the scene, is that type of player. And it just—I feel Will Perry is the same. He just seems to play with no fear and, and like he's in the playground. Yeah. And for me as well, like we we don't have many players who like take their man on, like yes. especially on the byline. And like yeah. now Jody Jones is out, like and he's yeah. one of the only other ones who does it. Like Bapaga does, he takes his man on, he'll 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 find some space somewhere and get a ball in and stuff. So yeah, really impressed by him. Yeah. But he's got a dislocated shoulder, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that shouldn't that's be too long. Probably be four maybe four weeks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we might miss him for those four weeks, but we you know, it, uh, he would have played in all the cup games. Here, obviously, of course he would, in, yeah. for sure. Yeah, but he'll get an opportunity in the first team as long as he keeps yeah. uh, his um, his standard. That's for sure. Yeah, great option off the bench. Yeah, great Agreed. option off the bench. Yeah, I think he could really, like Dean said, electric, and he could really um, you know inject <laughs> some sort of pace and flair, and um, probably just a little bit of you, you know not scared to have a go sort of mentality if yeah. if we need it, which undoubtedly we're going to at some point this season. That's that's um, we know that. He'll be a bit like a, a bit of a hidden weapon because a lot yeah. of teams won't have any idea who this yeah. guy is, yeah. and we'll just throw him into the mix, and and he'll, he'll cause he'll cause every team in the division issues, no doubt about it. Yeah, and the Sky Blues obviously finally broke the deadlock um, through yet another striker that we we're saying is is in the pe- you know pecking order behind Godden and and probably currently sitting fourth and in in the bit of the wilderness. But um, a run out for Max Biamu, Tom. Yeah, it was a yeah really good goal. Um, sort of worked down the left. Um, it was sort of Mason and Walker were involved, and Mason's put an absolutely brilliant ball into the uh, box. Yeah. Um, like, like just the perfect ball in made Biamu's life very, very easy. All he had to do was sort of stick his head out, and it's in the top corner. Um, so yeah, cracking ball in from Mason, and 
good for Biami to get a goal and he's you know he's just keeping he's just proving to Mark Robbins that he's there and he can, he can score goals and yeah it's you know it's hard to tell what's happening with him but he is definitely in his mind and he's not sort of going away in terms of coming on and getting goals in in these games so so yeah pleased for him to get that goal yeah, and there's competition for places, Dean. But what you know with with Biami, what what do you see? I mean, he's just got to keep working, isn't he? It's like you would expect to have four strikers at a championship squad. I think the problem we've got is that him and Bakayoko are, are seen as the t- same type of player. Yeah. Um, but for me, I mean, Biami is head and shoulders above Bakayoko, in my opinion. His positioning play is absolutely fantastic, especially for someone who's spent the majority of his career at the at the lower levels. Yeah. Um but yeah he, he does he just t- does it all the time, doesn't he? Comes on, scores a yeah. goal. Thanks very much. I'm still here, Matt Robbins, you know. Yeah. Um he's doing the business as far as I'm afraid. He for me he's he's the third choice. If yeah. you need that big man up front, he's the guy I think and he needs to be given a chance in the championship. And I mean we've got a lot of players who haven't really played at that level. So who's to say that he can't step up to the plate and, and do it? He's got to be yeah. given the opportunity. And if he, he did it in the cup, so he's got to be given the opportunity in the league as well. Yeah, no, I agree. But And, and who knows? But it's very, very difficult at, at the moment with one starting position and, and one on the bench. And with, with both of those players, of, of people that, you know, is, if Mark Robbins has spent money on, you'd be a, you know, a strong man, wouldn't you? A strong <laughs> character to say, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to leave... Tyler Walker out, who I've just spent money on. He obviously, you know, thinks the world of him, and and Godden obviously paid a a fair amount for him the season prior, and and obviously he's doing the business. So, you know, hopefully, like like we say, they're all giving Mark Robbins a some sort of headache. Um, and uh, yeah, Backer probably should have put that one away, like Tom said. But he's he's there, and he's he's running the line, and and as is you know Biamu. So they're giving Mark Robbins um a bit of a headache. Um. We always say, don't we, that in football, consistency is key. And the Sky Blues have been consistent in the first three games uh, of giving away penalties, Dean. <laughs> and I think this is the first time I really remember Gillingham playing out for the back so freely. And it was in, what, the 90th minute? Yeah. Um, There's maybe the lack of legs at this point. But, I mean, Ryan Jackson, uh, Gillingham's right back, who's, who's a decent player at that level at League One, actually. Um, he knocked his first touch too far and Mason got to the ball first but he tried to be cute yeah I, I gotta say about that what's your thoughts on that should he have just you know done the the simple thing yeah you take the man at yeah. 90 minutes you take the man it's the simplest that I mean, even if we, there's a free kick and a, a yellow card it's it's probably easier to defend that because yeah Mason, Mason's an odd man out because he's on the floor at that point um, and then obviously from that point there's a simple cross to defend but Rose, I mean, he just talks away on the shirt and there's no need to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's a penalty. I mean, You can see the shirt, can't you? It's not like yeah. it's a little tug. Looking back at the highlights, he's got a good fistful of, of uh, you know, cotton, ni- lycra, whatever it is. When it, <laughs> when, it was, um, their, uh... when it was live, you didn't, you, you basically thought it was an arm being being tugged. Yeah. That's what it looked like. It was so blurry on iFollow. Uh, it wasn't a legal stream, Tom. So nice. Dean's getting it. Yeah, I hope it wasn't Dean. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did pay my uh, pay my hard-earned cash uh, to watch the match. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's just stupid though. And, and once again, we're giving the ref a decision to make. Yeah. Don't just don't do, don't give the referee a decision to make at the end of the day because nine times out of ten he's going to blow up for that. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean it was it is what it is, isn't it? A penalty. 
late on. Bilson was in goal as well, so it was going to be tough for him. Um, and he didn't have much to do that game. No. So he was probably he was probably a little bit cold at that point. Um, you know, probably kicking kicking the mud around a little bit for for eighty eighty eight minutes. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just stu- I mean, it's just stupid things like that really grind me down. Just well, we've got another one to talk about, so don't you know save yeah, up some of your frustration yeah, for yeah. Uh, uh, in in thirty minutes. What what did you make of the penalty, Tom? Yeah, it's just it was just really sloppy. I thought, and yeah, I'm 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 sort of sharing that frustration with Dean. Really, it's like every game we're giving away these sloppy penalties. We just we've got to stop doing it because. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Gillian game, obviously, we're not as bothered about. But when it's happening in big games and, you know, when, we, when we're going to be scrapping for points and whatever, we, we just can't be affording to do it. So, yeah, it's a little bit disappointing, but hopefully it's something we can rectify quite quickly. Yeah. And uh, that was very timely, very apt um, and gave, you know, them a bit of a practice before the, the real thing. Uh, slightly after, obviously, going into penalties, knocked out. Um, so that's it. Carabao Cup, all, you know, done and dusted. Did look like if we had got past the next leg, there was a possibility of um, a game against, uh, you know, close rivals, Aston Villa. But that's not going to happen now. Just trying to pass it over to both of you around man of the match. Um, I'm probably going to dip out of this, being that I've watched the extended highlights and uh, <laughs> listened to Clive's about 20 minutes of the, the commentary. But Dean, who did you, for you, who is the star man? Uh, probably Josh Eccles. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty much all over the pitch and he was everywhere in the midfield. He sort of dictated play. Got some great passes. Um, yeah. He was comfortable on the ball as well. That's one thing with Josh Eccles. Every time he's played, he, he's always looked comfortable. Yeah. No matter what level he's played at. And, and basically everything that a good central midfielder needed to do in the game. And that's probably why Gillingham has now signed him. Yeah, and a good news story for him. He's going to go and hopefully get some... Um, you know, first team football, at, 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 you know, at a decent, decent level and, and get some experience. And with us being out of the cup games and, you, you know, that's going to be a good learning curve for him. Absolutely. He's going to have the checker trade as well to play in. Yeah. So the more games for him, the better. I just worry that maybe it leaves us one man short in midfield. Um, I'm always, I'm, as, as you can probably tell, more about the squad game. Yeah, um, and he probably had a small part to play at some point if you know at least two of them central midfielders went down, um, and it's probably it's Robin's probably thinking that Shipley is one of those central midfielders now. So let's say we have four, four yeah. there, which is probably enough. Yeah, but that's it's it's great for Josh to to get out and play some games, and um, it'll be a, it'll be difficult for him because that Gillingham side are not known for sort of their passing style of play. Yeah. So might bypass it'd be interesting times, to yeah. see how he how he copes with that. But um as far as I saw at the weekend, most of the Gillingham fans were happy with his performance. So fair play to him. Good. And uh man of the match for you, Tom? Yeah, same for me, Josh Eccles. Um yeah, pretty much everything that Dean said there just looked really comfortable. Didn't really look like a player who was breaking through. He looked like someone who'd been playing at that level for a while, I thought. Yeah, yeah. really comfortable. Um, yeah, really impressive his performance and yeah, sort of echo what Dean said around his move to Gillingham. I think that will do him a world of good. Um, I don't think he would have got a lot of time for us. No. Um, and, you know, we don't want to see players just not getting games. So for him to go and get that low move is great. I think Gillingham's a good club for him to develop at um, and good to see that they put him straight in and he had his first um, his first appearance at the weekend. So yeah, 
hopefully we'll see him progress this season and then he'll sort of break into our team next season. Yeah, and it was a bit of disappointment on the night, but majority of what I can see is, you know, our Sky Blues Extra Twitter followers, they seem to be of the opinion that it's, um, you know, it's extra games that we perhaps don't need. Financially, it's not a great cup to perhaps be in. Um, and with fans also, you know, out of grounds at the moment. Um, are you sharing their thoughts um, on being out of the cup, Tom? Yeah, to be honest. I mean, I know you said we we could we might have played Villa, but yeah. the, the thought of playing Villa like on iFollow doesn't excite me massively. No. Um, you know, it'd be obviously going to the game. So, yeah, I'm not too first. As you said, we're not the making Birmingham huge amount of money. fans, though, might have been happy because they would have had their little character yeah. chores in the ground, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah that's true, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's not a moneymaker either. So, no. you know, all things considered, I think it's, it's probably a blessing in disguise that we can focus on the league and you know it means we haven't got a game uh next week in the midweek which would have obviously been been a bit more tricky so so yeah no all sort of hands to the pump in terms of the league now um and and just picking up as many points as we can every week and dean are you sort of again echoing them sentiments i guess i couldn't give less of a shit to be honest about <laughs> the carabao cup i literally couldn't care one there's no money in it and two i had a can of carabao in china a few years ago and it tasted awful so that's, uh, that's put me off Carabao for, for life. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Moving on to QPR. Um, Tom, have you got some match stats from the game, obviously, on Sky? Um, fantastic result, and I'm sure we'll get into some of the key moments. But, yeah, we were a little bit up against it from possession stats, considering yeah. what we've been doing in recent weeks. Yeah, it did look very different, actually, to our first couple of games. Um, 36% possession, so they kind of dominated the ball, really. Um, we did have 12 shots versus their seven, though, so we were creating really good chances. Um, seven corners versus their four, um, committed 10 fouls versus their 11. Um, pass, pass accuracy was 71% as well, um, so still, you know, good good high sort of pass accuracy. Um, but yeah, like you say, a game where we perhaps didn't get as much of the ball as we would have liked. And moving on to one of Dean's favourite topics, um, <laughs> first key moment of the game was... McFadden giving away a penalty. Uh, yeah, I don't want to sound like a parrot, but I mean, what are we doing again? Just giving the ref <laughs> a decision to make. It's just, it's schoolboy stuff. I mean, the ball was going absolutely nowhere. And yet, did he yes trip again, though? Did they kind of? I thought they. I thought they. Can we give? The ball you know, together. can we give? I think we can give McFadden some. You know, uh, to me, it, it sort of felt like he tripped, and so did the other player, and they were yeah. both. It was almost like they were both. Well. Yeah, it was. They both were running too fast. It felt like it was I mean, hard. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you're in the box and a player goes down like that, you're you're basically saying to the referee, "Or oh, there might have been contact here. You need to make a decision." And Fads looked like he he didn't even give a like a damn in the world. Too much. He <laughs> just stood up and just walked off. Like there was no like protest about yeah, it. Yeah, really odd. Did seem odd, didn't it? There's no um, protest from anyone really. Yeah, um, and also you know, now you've got the you've got the benefit of being able to hear um well you couldn't hear the QPR keeper's um sort of choice of words <laughs> which you did on a lot of the other stuff. But you I mean, could you could hear, couldn't you? There was no reaction from many of the players bar QPR who I think that's what made sort of, ref give give the penalty because for a good five seconds he didn't blow his whistle. Mm-hmm. And then there was obviously a lot of bit of uproar from from the side of the pitch, from the QPR side. Yeah. And then the ref the ref pointed to the spot. 
it's, yeah, it's just it's just silly again. Um, the ball was going nowhere, like I said, and just just don't make rash decisions like that. And we'll get punished more often than not in this division for, for yeah. stuff like that. And no chance of saving that penalty. No, exactly. He struck one, the one the week before, exactly the same. It's, it's oh, just yeah. one of those ones you just hope getting away, hope he hits your face and just take one. <laughs> for the team. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you're not. Yeah, I think if he'd got a hand to it, probably would have just broke his wrist. It was like absolute rocket. But um, yeah, interesting of whether we think it's a penalty. But like you say, you're giving the referee a decision to make. It's in the box. He's gone down. It's yeah. It, nine times out of ten, they're likely going to be given, aren't they? And the ref always gets pressured. No, yeah. no doubt about it. They, they'll always feel pressure from the attacking side rather than the defending side to make yeah. to, to make that decision. Um, and I mean, did you see his arms, the referee? Wow, he's been animated during lockdown, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, either that, either that, or he's been on the juice, one of the two. But you know, um, yeah, I mean, just just don't just don't make that decision. Yeah, and in a bit of a style goal that we saw in in the week, uh, myself obviously on the highlights. But um, yeah, we saw a, a bit of a similar goal, Tom, uh, in the way that Godden equalised. Yeah, similar goal, but I'd say this one was better because Godden had a lot more work to do to, to yeah. score it. Yeah. Um, you know, Giles has again, yeah, put a fantastic ball in, really, really good ball. Um, but then Godden did have quite a lot of work to do. He's kind of leaps and he's had to really sort of, you know, put some. So put some muscle with neck muscles into that uh, header yeah and it's just sort of squirmed under the keeper and you just knew it was going in like it was, it was just too much power on the header and it's kind of squirmed under the keeper's legs and into the goal um just but no for the it, was, it was good technique by Gordon, i thought and um yeah he's, he's actually quite good at them um so yeah obviously really pleasing to get back into the game before half time yeah, it was important. But, it's, it, you know, we always say about Gordon sometimes offside and that's his, his movement, but his movement for the goal... Oh, it was terrific, was just terrific. He was so in exactly good, the right it? place, moved really well, found himself some space and, like I said, good power on the header. Yeah, He always seems to bamboozle defenders for me, Matthew mm. Gordon. His movement is, is vital to how, obviously how he plays, but he just bamboozles defenders all the time. I mean, we look at we looked at the um, the goal against Wickham last season. Yeah. When the ball was played through for Westbrook, and he pulled oh, off yeah. two defenders, and they they were gone. They were in no man's land. They were following the ball, but that's that's all down to his his um his movement. So that's yeah. that's one, and that he'll get he'll get his rewards for that this season. Yeah. If his movement's high, his movement's good, and he's in the right place at the right time, he will get his just rewards. Yeah, exactly. And he, he did, like you say, he does bamboozle defences. And a man that bamboozled um, most of their players, he had three around him, was was um, Fankety Dabo for um, O'Hare's goal. So he, he had three players around him, didn't he, Dean? And, and got it through, got a bit lucky with the deflection. Um, but before that, some great work. Yeah, incredible close control. I think he thought he was on one of those Nike adverts. <laughs> Scorpion ball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, all three defenders, if you look at the highlights, they all went in in different directions. Yeah, they did, yeah. It was so funny. So yeah, I mean, and then the, the cross, obviously, that's just a hit and hope. But for once, for once in the last two games, a ball has dropped to us. So I don't even notice that pretty much every second ball did not drop to us in the whole of the Bristol game and the yeah. whole of the first half against QPR. Yeah. So for once, it, it ran in our favour. But the flick from O'Hare. Oh, oh. so good. Incredible, like, isn't it? I've watched it about fifty times. I think it's that just gift. ridiculous. <laughs> like 
it's Messi-esque, isn't it? I mean, yeah. There's no doubt about it. The ball is going behind him and he flicks it back in his path. It's just outrageous. I mean, if that was Messi, the the news feeds would have been creaming over it for the for the past weekend. No <laughs> to be fair, that. they are going off. The news feeds on... on well, cough Twitter is. Maybe not cough a world. Twitter is. Yeah. But it's not trending worldwide, is it, not made not made national news just yet, no. <laughs> no, I mean, let's wait for BBC News at 10 tonight and see if it's on there. But, yeah, I mean, just, just insane. And to get himself, to get that ball under control and then give him... That gave him a little bit more time then to make a decision, and it was an emphatic finish. Yeah, keeper wouldn't have, wouldn't have stopped that, um, and that, that's all he needed to do: just smash it, get it on target, job done. But yeah, a brilliant goal, um, thanks to brilliant skill by Dabo first, and then outrageous from O'Hare. Yeah, and he's just got such tight control, O'Hare, isn't he? And he's just, even when I think about last season, some of the sort of cute passes that he makes, it's no sort of mistake the amount of time that he holds onto the ball, the the pace of it. Everything is very natural, Measured. comes yeah. natural to him, but is, yeah, very thought through, Tom. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, like you're right. Yeah, you're right. Like he, he does, he sort of stops at the right time and then he'll go again and then he can whip a ball in whenever he's ready to. Like, yeah, so, so useful down the right. It made yeah. such a big difference. It does. And um, it's a bit of a shame because then we had obviously another key moment in the game. And again, a bit similar to um, how we conceded at Bristol away. But yeah. um, two players going for the same ball, um, Dabo, I believe, and Ostergaard. Um, and I think Dabo got a bit of a flick onto it. It came to the, the uh, back stick and can't think of the striker now. Uh, the, sorry, the player that scored. He's a defender anyway. I think he's defender, defender. Yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. absolutely yeah. nailed it. And he's absolutely, you yeah. know. And it wasn't, from that point, there wasn't much that Morosi no. um, could do. But yeah, just a bit of questionable defending, Tom. Yeah, just really disappointing again. Just don't know what was going on there. Like, I know Dabo's come back into the team recently and whether he was just, was in the wrong place, but they've both gone for the ball. It was like they were marking each other in our own team. Um, both gone for the ball. Obviously, it's, it's gone flicked off Dabo, I think. And then the, the man's there at the back post. And I mean, he, he's to be fair, he, like you say, he's absolutely leathered it in. But you know, he had he had a bit of time and a bit of space, and he's just yeah, wellied it into the goal and back to back to two two. So yeah, yeah, again, really disappointed with that. Yeah, and we've conceded now. In in when you look back at, and I know it's a different level, I know it's a different league, but we were really solid, weren't we, last season? And the defence seemed to be all completely as one. The communication seemed to be completely there. All right, there was a few moments with Morosi and, and and Fads and whatnot, but generally we were really really solid at the back. What what do you think's changed? I don't know really. Um, yeah, I think we, yeah, we were pretty solid from set pieces last season. Um, I mean. You know, there's there's a couple of new. Well, there's Ostergaard who's obviously come in, yeah. And they're just sort of, I don't know, we're just sort of gelling together a little bit. And but I, I just don't know why players are stood in the wrong place or are like jumping in together for a ball. Like it's just just poor communication. It's just it's just silly errors that I hope will will be eradicated pretty quickly. Yeah, and no, iron out because again, giving away penalties is something that's going to you know. It, it, going to be up against it yeah. and at the same time those sort of mistakes in league one I think we did at times get away with a lot yeah. you know some of the strikers in league one would need three four chances to put um you know put put a put a finish away uh, it's not going to happen in the championship is it no exactly when you've got a centre half wellying it in like that it just goes to show <laughs> that you give anyone a, a second and that's it they're going to score so 
I think it's too easy against us, actually, from, from corners. I think it's too easy against most zonal teams defending mm. corners, to be honest, because they've only got two or three. Each defender only has two or three yards to, to sort of play with in that Maneuver, in yeah. that system. And most teams just sort of move on to the ball so well from a corner. Um, I think we've kind of been found out, to be honest, because uh, a few times last season, I, I sort of questioned the zonal yeah. And we we gave away too many chances. Okay, we might have blocked some, etc. Last year, and we didn't give away too many goals from corners. But I think we've been found out a little bit with, with that. So that's something that Robbins needs to to address this week, hopefully, because next week against Barnsley, they'll have some threats from from set pieces. Yeah, no, exactly. And in the end, it didn't matter. Um, it didn't make much difference because Carl McFadden headed a beautiful winner, Dean. Yeah, it's too much doom and gloom so far. But yeah, I mean, brilliant goal. Brilliant goal. I mean, for the first time that I can remember in a long time, we've scored direct from a corner. Yeah. Without the ball touching the ground, which is great. Uh, but we, I mean, we gave two really good warning signs about 10 minutes before that with and there were some great, great balls in the box. I think it was Ostergaard had one yes. and McFadden yeah. had another. Yeah. Two really, really good chances. And then, yeah, third time lucky. Fantastic header. What a great ball into the box as well. I mean, his delivery, Amer, is just off the charts, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, exactly. We, you know, we lost, we lost Walsh, didn't we? Who, you know, last season obviously played some fantastic balls and um, cute passes. But it, we luckily that we've, you know, we've got a replacement that can still pick pick those players out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who knows? Walsh might come back now. We're getting the band back together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the, 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 that's it. The, the I, band's back together, isn't it? Near enough. We're nearly there. Walsh, I, think isn't it? Ship, I think the ship has sailed on Liam Walsh. I think he's um, been earmarked to play in that Bristol team up and coming. So, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think we'll get him back. But, yeah, we've got somebody in Amair who can easily replace, replace or replicate um, Liam Walsh's technical ability. So I don't think we should be too sad in that regard. Plus, Liam Walsh wouldn't have been our player. So, you know, Amer is ours. So, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, back to the goal. Great header, bullet header. No keeper stopping that, I'm afraid. Um, I think Fads was very excited, wasn't he, when he ran off? Yeah. He had a few I've... chances last two years, hasn't he? Yeah, no, it's absolutely fantastic to see him, um, you know, and, and getting a winner as well. Massive. And I think just really important to get that first win on the board and you know maybe you're right it, we might have sounded we've been a bit doom and gloom we certainly weren't like that on Friday night and I think it's been a really really positive start so far to the season from the Sky Blues Tom. Yeah it has um, you know me and Dean were just saying before we came on like, I think that three points is massive because yeah. if you know the longer it takes to get the three points on the board the more you know everyone starts getting a bit worried and confidence and things like that and you know now we've got them that we don't have anything to fear. Like we go to Barnsley and we have nothing to fear. We just go out there and we try and win the game again. Um, so I think getting the getting the first win was huge. It was a great time to get it on the Sky cameras. Everyone's really positive. So I just yeah, and and also off off the back of a great performance at Bristol as well. I think yeah, I think the season started probably about as good as it could have done. Really, um, obviously not getting the win at Bristol wasn't great, or not getting anything, but. In terms of the performance and then and then getting three points against QPR, I think it's a great start. 
Yeah, I think you'd have to say that we deserve something from from the Bristol game, yeah. and it's it's a shame that we didn't. Um, we've also followed up that with a, a really great second half performance. I think the game was a little bit nervy in the sort of open exchanges, and felt like both teams didn't really want to make a mistake. But Dean, you you've got to be happy, haven't you, with that start? Robins oh, would be ecstatic. Without a doubt, you know we'd we'd earmarked one of those first two games to get some points on the board, mainly QPR, and to at least. To, to at least get one, but I mean, yeah, getting the points on the board early is absolutely crucial. I mean, you you look at the championship last season. I've got a table here, up to eight games played. There was seven teams, eight teams actually, who only had two wins on the board at that point. Mm. So you know, we've got one in two games, and we've got a very winnable game next week against Barnsley. Um, and then, I mean, you look at some of the results so far, who'd have thought Forest would have lost two games in a row? Exactly. I was just going to come on to that. I was going to say, important enough, like you say, looking at back at last year and hope that's a bit of a steer to see what what the championship might look like. But this this season already, you know, look at Luton, um, you know, Sheffield Wednesday, of course, have picked up four points and they're sort of chomping at their uh, deficit that they, they obviously had um, forced on them. But yeah, what are you making of sort of the results so far, Dean? It's a real mixed bunch, isn't it? It's the championship. It's just, <laughs> it's just an odd, odd league where anyone, anyone can beat anybody and anything can happen, uh, even more so this year because I, I don't think... There's, there's probably two teams that are out and out better than everybody else, but everyone else is very, very close in regards to sort of skill level. So you're going to get some really, really odd results this year. Um, we'll have our fair share, no doubt about it. We'll probably yeah, they come, won't beat, they? We'll probably beat the likes of Watford and lose to Luton. You know that that's Coventry City for you, isn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's very early, isn't it? But st- still, seeing the likes of Forest lose two games in a row in their playoff hopefuls um gives hope for everybody really i mean brentford last year i mean they were 18th for this uh, after eight games played and look yeah. how well they they finished so exactly. it just goes to show you go on a little bit of a run anything can happen so you know i'm 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 confident i'm um i'm very positive once i'm very positive about the, the situation we find ourselves in i think we just got to look forward to it you know there's going to be ups there's going to be plenty of downs as well so Let's just ride the wave and, and see see what happens. Yeah, and Tom, from the, some of the sort of performances you've seen of the Sky Blues so far this season, do you think our football is more um, suited to Championship than it perhaps was in League One? I know we we blitzed the league looking back, but do you think we actually seem more suited as a, a style of play? To the yeah, championship? yeah, I'd, I'd I'd say so. I mean, you know, we've heard a lot of opposition managers saying how impressed they've been with our our style of play and. Yeah. In the sort of pre-match stuff as well, they everyone everyone's aware that Coventry are a you know we play nice football and we've we've created this brand of football that we play and you know we got noticed in League One and I think it fits really well into into the Championship. I think we'll be in for some cracking some cracking games of football this season. So yeah, and no, I think it I think it works well. I think the system we're playing works well. Um, yeah, I've been been really impressed. Yeah, exactly. And I'll move us on and I'll kick it off. And obviously players that have a big impact on the game are generally the ones that get man of the match. And Carl McFancine certainly did that, um, obviously giving away the penalty and scoring the winner. But I'd probably say myself it would have to be O'Hare. I thought he was just absolutely brilliant um, and, you know, got a, a sort of crucial goal. Who would your man of the match from QPR game be, Tom? Uh, yeah, I'll go with O'Hare. I think it's it would be hard to, to pick anyone else. Um, yeah, I mean that goal alone was just unbelievable. Um, and 
yeah, he was he was brilliant all night. So uh, yeah, it's hard for me. It'd be hard to pick anyone else other than O'Hare. And Dean, a bit difficult though. It, you know, Tom's seen it obviously fully that way, and and Cow O'Hare obviously had a superb game, and for me the same. But there's a lot of other players that obviously contributed on the night. How did you see it? Yeah, I mean O'Hare was probably the standout player, but um, I, I I really like the look of Leo Ostergaard. I think he's um, a really top class defender. He he sort of out battles and wins every battle he's in, but his passing range is is surprising as well. So I didn't yeah. think he had that in his locker, but um, that's that's come to the fold so far in two games. He was he was he was really good, but Amer again just, I mean. He was a very different Amer to the one we had in the first week. Yeah, unfortunately. Obviously, he's, he's, well, you say that, <laughs> but you know, he he did he did the small things well in this game, which was which was good for me. Yeah. Um, he didn't. Have was he a bit deeper? Probably he probably was a little bit. I mean, the game probably passed him by the first first half. To be honest, yeah, it passed most people. Just by, the way, yeah, yeah, just the way QPR had set up. Um, so we didn't really have much of an out ball in that first half. But yeah, he he just did the simple things well, and I like that. That was a, a totally different uh, Gustavo that we'd see we'd seen from the first week. So um, yeah, I was I was impressed with him. Yeah, exactly. So your man of the match was was Cow as well, but yeah. uh, big shout outs for Gus. And I think one player I do want to highlight because I I've probably said that we felt a bit short in that position, and um, I was always a bit questionable about his final ball, but. Giles definitely seems to be much more confident in the opponent's final third now, Tom. Yeah, he did. He looked good. Obviously, um, setting up Godden's goal, he, he put a fantastic ball in. He's, yeah. He has that like sort of burst of pace, doesn't he? Um, and then, yeah, he's, he can obviously deliver a great ball into the box. So, yeah, no, I was impressed with, with Giles as well. And it's going to be, as we said at the start, it'll be interesting to see how McCallum's going to fit into the fold now, whether Giles will play further forward. And that's what, I don't know if Robbins has recognised that he could be more useful further forward, um, and maybe McCallum. I mean, I'm, I mean, McCallum's not the most defensive player either, but um, mm. yeah, be interesting to see how he how he deals with that. Yeah, I, I don't think you could see a, a straight change, could you? This, no, this I coming don't, into the next game, I wouldn't think. I mean, it'd be, be quite harsh hard, on Giles, wouldn't it? it? Yeah, but then McCallum wouldn't have come back to us if he wasn't going to be playing every week. So it's it is a strange one. Um, as we said, so yeah, interesting to see how what he's going to do there. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I say, I felt I felt that we needed some, um, you know, another option there, and only one player can play unless, like mentioned, um, Giles will move up. But for me, it's I mean, great to have some cover there, and obviously, like I mentioned, it just doesn't feel like um, Mark Robbins favours or, or sort of fancies Mason, which is a shame. He's been a you know obviously fantastic servant to the club and I'm sure he'll still be there should should he be needed and that you know um that that will that will happen if, if he does but yeah kind of just gives him a another option really I think yeah. the, the signing because we don't really have an out and out winger other than Jabello and we don't know how long he's going to be out for still so um if we have to switch to a four in midfield a traditional four as such um, it gives it gives Robbins the option of playing Giles in that position because effectively that's Ryan Giles's natural position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people have mentioned that, haven't they? And that's then decision of who then comes out of there. And the, you know, the only likely candidate is probably um, Jamie Allen, who I think again had a really great start to the season. 
doesn't seem to have put a foot wrong and you know he's for me he's you know he's a is important defensively as he is attacking and again that ball that went out um was him you know drive, driving through that heart of the midfield and and um you know played that ball out wide and and I think that he's had a you know a key role to play Tom yeah yeah absolutely um yeah I mean yeah because people talk about kind of Giles being pushed further forward but I don't quite know where he'd fit in because I don't think you'd want to drop either of um, O'Hare or or Allen. Um, so yeah, I think it would it would only be if the system was to switch, like we said. So um, so yeah, we'll have to see what happens. And mm. Mark Robbins has got a couple of different dugout dilemmas every week, and Tyler Walker and Godden and Shipley and Sheaf and um, you know now McCallum and Ryan Giles. Um, moving on to the game that we we've got coming up for the Sky Blues, which is obviously we travel to um, on Saturday. And um, it's a it's a tough fixture against Barnsley, um, but we've got a good record, Tom. Um, yeah, it's, you know, every game's tough in this league, um, but you know, it, as we said, it's one that you'd look at and you'd say this is where we could get three points. Um, that yeah, we we've always done pretty well against Barnsley at their place as well. Um, fans probably remember like there was a four-one a few years ago. I think it was opening day of the season, and then we beat them in the FA Cup as well one year. I think when they were in the Championship, we were in League One. Um, I think Leon Clark scored the winner so I think we've got some fond memories of going up to Barnsley and getting some results there and I think Robbins will want to will definitely want to go out and, and go for the three points here You're listening to Sky Blues Extra Yeah and they've had an interesting start to the season Dean what do we know about Barnsley obviously so far this season um, previous results and, and sort of summer signing style of play is there anything that the Sky Blues need to be sort of careful or mindful of? Um, yeah, I mean, it's early in the season, as we've suggested before. But, I mean, this is a big game for the Sky Blues. It's against a team that are more than likely going to be with us towards the bottom half of the table to scrappy to stay in the division. Um, Barnsley were probably lucky to stay in the Championship, if, if I'm honest. You know, yeah. last gas winner versus Brentford. And then Wiggins obviously point deduction and their demise. Um, yeah. So, so, so Barnsley stay up. Um, in regards to their recruitment, they sold Jacob Brown um, a few weeks ago, which was probably one of the rising stars in the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and he joined Stoke for two million. He'll be a big loss to Barnsley. Um, nine assists last year, um, and was quite a talisman for the team. So that'll be a loss for them. Um, he's a very pacey and direct attacking threat, and and he scored in in the uh, cup against uh, in Stoke, who they played played Wolves, didn't they? Because we were going to play the winner. Yeah, of that game, and he scored the winner in that game. But I mean, like most championship teams, the purse strings have been tightened. Mm. Um, so they've only brought in three players, and seventeen players have left the club. Wow. In all, in sort of wow. like academy and, and first team, so a big exodus, um, a big cost cutting, obviously procedure there as well. So, yeah. um, signing wise, they've signed Mikhail Helic. He's a centre back from Krakowia, um in Poland. He signed for 700 grand and also Dominic Frieze. He's a very attacking right winger from Lask. Um, he's very experienced as well in the in the Austrian top division and he's played Europa League matches as well. Um, and I can't forget they signed Corey Adai from us. Yeah, after of course. We yeah. released him. Um, so, but he's, he's going to be in their under 23 squad. So, yeah. we probably won't need to worry about them. Uh, in regards to their, their attacking threats, they've got some really, really talented players. Corey Woodrow. 
um, is a really, really attacking threat. And ca- their captain, Alex Mowat, as well, yeah. Yeah. midfielder. Um, so we'll have a battle against him, whoever's playing in the middle of the park. Um, he's very tough. He's very technically astute as well and a, and a good set-piece taker. So we need to be too wary of that. Uh, Bazzi, the South, is probably, their squad depth is probably one that lets them down. Mm. They don't have too many players to replace the players in positions that they have. A couple of Coventry connections, obviously. Luke Thomas and Connor Chaplin are there. Uh, Chaplin, 11 goals and four assists last year. That was a decent return for his first season. I mean, most of us, I mean, I don't know what, what you thought. When when he joined Barnsley, I was a little bit surprised that they took him. Mm. And, it's, and especially, especially paying near, near enough a million pounds. Yeah. Because he didn't really set League One alight, did he? No. No. So, yeah, that was, was an odd one for me. He's got a lot of talent, though, hasn't he? I think he just... It, it, it was just going to take a certain team for him to go to to just hit some form, and it just didn't quite work with us. It never worked at Portsmouth. Um, and he seems to have found his feet at Barnsley. It felt like it was going to happen at some point for him. Um, and he seems to be getting on well there. Yeah, he's a very tenacious player, isn't he? battles hard, yeah. always works hard. I mean, he did that for us, but... Very yeah, active in the box as well, and he just seems to be always on the go and always moving. And yeah, they're I more think... of a pressing side than us, so that's probably where he fits in a bit better in a side that's got a really, really high press. And that's something we'll have to be worried about next week because their press is probably more intense than what QPR's was at the weekend. Yeah, and we didn't and we didn't deal with that very well at all. Sure. Um, and how basically... have they got on so far in the season, Dean? So they've lost both games in the championship, but won both games in the cup, which is which is odd. And they've both game games in the, week, in the both, yeah, they've got another game. They play Chelsea in the week as well, wow. so that's yeah. that's a big game at Stamford Bridge. But the both sides they've beaten the cup were were championship opposition in Forest and, and Middlesbrough. So um, yeah, it, obviously the the league form is more important for them. And they lost one 0 to Luton. They're pretty unlucky to lose that match actually. Watching it back. Had a really good few chances in that first half, and in and two 0 against Reading at the weekend, and they were in complete control of that game. And I flicked onto to Sky Sports about half time on Saturday, and there was a little report coming in that they were absolutely in the ascendancy, and they should have been two or three 0 up. So they do create chances. Mm. But they had two red cards against um, against Reading. Yeah, two of their first choice centre backs were sent off. Then, oh, that's interesting. Yes, of course. Yeah, so you know, you'd, you'd obviously seems that they did some def- defensive work in the summer with their signings, but they've lost two key players there, and and hopefully that the Sky Blues will be able to exploit that. Absolutely, and yeah, they. I mean, they've they played three at the back now for pretty much the whole of last year and and all of this year, but they do like to change up their midfield a little bit. They change from a four to five. Uh, but against a team with quite technically astute players, they, they tend to play a narrow five across the middle. Um, so we need to be wary of that. There's not going to be much space in the middle of the park. Um, so for, for us, the key to beating a team like that is is getting the pass between the press right. We've got to be brave. We've got to get on the ball and try to find the gaps, which yeah. is something, to be, to be fair, we do quite well. Mm. I mean, if you look at the Bristol game, there was in that first sort of 20 minutes, there wasn't many gaps in the middle of the park, but we were playing really, really tight triangles. And we did that really well. And we're going to have to be at our best again to, to get past that sort of Barnsley press in this match. Yeah. And, and those triangles, are, um, like you say, are going to be important. But who is going to be 
playing those passes in the triangles. Uh, expected lineup, Tom. Are you thinking that it's going to be a similar lineup to what started against QPR in the win on Friday night? Yeah, I, I can't see any reason for for big changes in the team. Um, the only one possibly is Shipley, but um, I, I I don't think Robbins is going to be going to be tinkering too much with a winning team. So I, I'd imagine it'll be the same starting lineup as Friday. Would that be Shipley for Sheaf? Possibly. Um, don't know if Sheaf's 100% ready yet, but um, I just think because we won on Friday, I don't think he'll change it. But I think Sheaf is sort of waiting in the wings to be slotted in at some point. Yeah. And Dean, how do you see Mark Robbins in his lineup on um, away from home on Saturday? Yeah, I think Shipley is the weak point for me in this match. I just think he gets caught in possession too too often for me. I think we're going to need to be a bit more technically astute in the middle of the park. I'd bring Sheaf in for sure, just because how he can turn on the ball. He showed against Gillingham how how well he can do that. So that would be a, that would be a change I would make. Um, and one key thing I, I forgot to mention with with Barnsley is that they give away a lot of fouls. I mean, a serious amount of fouls. Um, I think it's something like 69 they've given away in their four matches wow. so far. That's, so that's mad. That's mad. It's, it, I mean, you look at... So remember that for your bet builders then. Yeah, yeah that's your, exactly. That's your bet builders. Tip of the day. So, over 10, 10 and a half fouls. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, 28 of them, they've been given away in the attacking third. So we're going to get a massive amount of chances, I would say, from set pieces. Mm. And that's something we've, we seem to be clued up on so far this season. So... Uh, that's that's Dean's tip of the week. Commentary to okay. score from a set piece. And, and to follow and up from that tip of the week, Dean, I'm going to ask some score predictions. How do you see it going on Saturday? I I uh, I don't know. I honestly <laughs> don't know. It's 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 one of those weird matches where yeah. you know, I mentioned that it's odd. It's an odd league. It wouldn't surprise me if we lose this some kind of three nils, something like that, stupidly. <laughs> but. The way we're playing at the moment, I can't see anything other than a Sky Blues win. I'm I'm very optimistic. To be honest, I'll probably, you'll ask me this every week and I'll probably say we're going to win every game. Yeah. So if we're not champions by Christmas, then it's my fault. <laughs> oh, yeah, something's gone horribly wrong uh, in your eyes, Dean. But what would the score prediction then, if I could push you for an actual... Let's go, let's go with 2-0. I don't think they've got enough attacking threat. To, to bother us I think what probably might be our downfall is if we, we make sloppy mistakes and and it's an easy chance for them because other than Chaplin and Woodrow I don't I can't see them causing us too many problems at the back yeah and you'd have to expect that the Sky Blues are going to get a couple of chances in this game Tom with the type of football and style that we play what yeah. do you think how do you see the score I think I think it'll be tight but I, but I'm confident we can get the three points. So I'll, I'll go with a one nil, a one nil win. Um, Matty Godden to get the goal. Um, he's he's on fire. So let's hope he can keep it going and get a get a third. Is it, would it be three and three for this season? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's my prediction. I think we we've got to go for the three points. Okay. Well, I'm going to join you in the optimism of a win. But I think we've conceded so far. Um, in in all of our games this season, I can't see that Time stopping. Cheat, so Dave. I think it's probably going to be two one um, to the Sky Blues, um, and hopefully, like you say, Matt Matty Godden can 
uh, pick up another goal and, and expect O'Hare to be the other scorer on, on, the, on the day. If that happens, he'd be the first guy, Coventry player, to score in seven matches in a row. Ever? As far as I'm... Yeah, Mickey Quinn. He matched Mickey Quinn yeah. on yeah. six. So he'd be go, the then. first to seven. He'll be going all out to get that goal there, Moni, on Saturday. That's on Saturday. There we go. And um, yeah. that's pretty much all we've got time for this evening, chaps. Thanks ever so much for your contribution, as always. Um, You're more than welcome. Thanks, Tom. Cheers, Dave. And listeners, do check out our sponsors, Shortland Horn, for the latest properties across Coventry. And if you want to get involved with the conversation, all you need to do is contact us on our social media channels using the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. And do join us after the matches. We now run our SkyBluesExtra live. Make sure you send in your comments and join us live on air to discuss the fixtures. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.